With more than 200 accredited courses and more than 1,000 videos, the Police One Academy is a powerful online solution that provides department training programs with features that reduce time spent on records and policy management, credential tracking, and more. It is law enforcement training made simple and effective. For more information and to get a 30-day trial, visit www.policeoneacademy.com forward slash policing matters. Hello, and thank you for clicking, and thank you for listening to Policing Matters, the Police One podcast. I am Doug Wiley. Hey, this is Jim Dudley. Welcome back. Well, Jim, there was an article that I can't claim credit for. I didn't write it. It, it, it It's popped up in my Facebook feed a dozen times from various friends um, that I posted to Police One about all of the different jobs that you can have in the department, whether it's investigations, SWAT, canine, maritime, traffic, motors, SRO, gangs, narcotics, and all of the different traits that you have that you, you, you don't even have to talk to someone. You just have to look at them and you know what their job is. You know, the SWAT nod or, you know, the, the various you know, types of traits that different guys and uniform gals get. Uniform within the uniform. uniform. Exactly. Right. And it was highly entertaining. I can't claim credit for it. I wish I could find out who wrote it. It made me laugh so many times that I had to share it on Police One. But it does raise the question about, you know, all of these different specialists in an apartment. Does that create, well, no more, no more generalists. There, you know, mm-hmm. there's the patrol officer and everybody else, right? What's right. your thought on that? No, I, so I'm, I'm torn, but I'll give you my 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 nickel answer, and that is that there's room for both. With an with a caveat, with an asterisk, what have you, uh, in a small department, a small agency of which we know. Half in America are smaller than 200 officers. More than that. Right. Much more than that. So you, you, it doesn't make financial sense. It's not economically sound to have specialists in a department of 20 officers, 30 officers. Uh, in a large metropolitan city, yeah, you can have what you just mentioned, K-9, EOD, SWAT, Community policing officers, traffic motors, SROs, TLOs, homeless outreach, mentally ill-trained or SIT officers, crisis intervention trained, gang cops, narcs, footbeats, bicycle, marine unit, horses, dirt bikes, your PIO, your analysts, what have you. Um, or should we train everybody to do everything? There's, there's a hazard there as well. Um, we can be spread too thin. I mean, the public wants us to do everything. The homeless wants the police to go out on the street and deal with babies, youth, juveniles, um, domestic violence, mentally ill, the homeless, um, armed, unarmed, um, school problems, Cats in the tree. Oh, no, that's firemen. Okay. <laughs> so a variety, a wide variety, a lot of which require some some sense of expertise to them, right? Yeah. You can't go in there and deal with, with somebody in a crisis situation or a hostage negotiation situation or a standing on a ledge and you go up there and you try something. Those are Those are critical times that don't allow for us to sort of wing it. So... If you can, you, you get people to train. The other thing is, those are perishable skills 
just like handgun training, firearms training, mm-hmm. driving a motorcycle, driving a, a vehicle in pursuit. Uh, and, and so unless you devote time to train, you're not going to get as good as you want to be in those situations. So um, the, the problem is a lot of times we don't have the time to sit and wait for the specialist. And how awful does that look? You and I go to a scene and we say, oh, hold it, sir or ma'am. Uh, we'll call a specialist. They'll be here for you in a minute or an hour. Uh, 45 minutes. Right. Yeah. Or here's a leaflet. Call this guy tomorrow. Um, the public, we are the most visible form of government on the street. And people see the uniform and they want something to happen. Not now, but right now. Mm-hmm. And to put them off or give them a phone number or a, a referral, the public's not so into that. You know, it it raises the very important point that, well, first off, you talk about training. If you want to be a SWAT guy, you want to be a motor officer, you want to be a canine officer, those types of things require massive numbers of hours of training, not just to get there, but to stay there. You have to continue to train. As a, One of my very first training exercises I ever did in, in law enforcement was a canine exercise. Yeah. And that was, it was held at midnight in a abandoned building on Stanford University campus and there must have been 25 guys and their dogs and they did that on their own time Mm -hmm. on their their own time they got together as a group put together a scenario they have to refresh they have to constantly work the dog they have to make sure Sure. that the dog is and not just training for the officer but it's training for the dog sure so in order to have that specialty you have to be devoted really devoted to it. And this is kind of why you get those traits, right? right That's right, why you right. get those little, the SWAT nod and the canine thing with the book, the bite book and all of that. Yeah. It's, you have to have a degree of dedication, but you can't, you can't be a generalist then. You, you, you ha, you ha, you're so devoted to that particular art, if you will, that particular form, that you can't quite be the, the every cop. Person, well, right? I, d- I disagree with you a little bit because, number one, I think every cop in uniform, whether they're a PIO or the chief's driver or a canine or a bomb guy, they got handcuffs and a gun. They can make an arrest. They can put handcuffs okay. on people and get them to jail. They can take a police report and write a police but report. But the canine guy is not necessarily the right person to handle the homeless uh, person. Right, right. right. I mean, no, know. no, but I was going to mention when you talked about canine in specifically canine, there's a whole other liability issue that if you do it wrong and that dog bites somebody that they're not supposed to, there is liability for the department and for you, the training, all that comes under scrutiny. Yeah, for sure. Um, You know, but so getting back to, you know, should agencies have, quote, specialists or generalists, I think kind of to your point, the very opening statement, both. Yeah, you ha- I think unless you are constrained by being again really really small, and not having the ability to, to you know have your own SWAT team, yeah. well have a regional SWAT team, you know have have the ability to tap into the sheriff's department yeah. or you know somewhere else that you can get that assistance or mobile from. field force training, mobile field force training yeah. exactly. So there's the ability to tap into other resources that you can then have some specialists. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're an agency of 12 people, are you going to have a motor cop just work in traffic? Pro- 
Probably not. No, but I've Probably seen departments not. of that size with the traffic officer working in a in a radio car yeah. or cruiser, not on a motorcycle. Yeah. And to go back to your point about the regional SWAT team or um, small departments being um, uh, restricted from that, I sat on a commission committee for post uh, several years ago where we were trying to come up with the guidelines for SWAT teams in California. And the smaller agencies wanted um, to have a liberal interpretation of what a SWAT officer was in case they couldn't meet the threshold of training. And so some some chiefs of smaller departments wanted uh, four hours minimum a month for SWAT officer training and to essentially say, Here's your elbow pads, your knee pads, your helmet, and your gun. You're now a SWAT officer. Off you go. Dominus Rexus, there you go. Right. Yeah. And and we said no. I mean, the experts, um, great uh, resources uh, um, from uh, Southern California, people from Northern California. And we said, hey, wait a second. There are vicarious liability uh, issues. There are training issues. Um we, I think we settled at 16 hours a month was the minimum training to be a SWAT officer in California. And I think that's about right. I'd love to give them more, mm-hmm. but um, you can't have officers totally devoted uh, a majority of their tr- time to training and not doing police work. At some point, doing is training as well. Going out in the field, um, going through, uh, backing up. Uh, putting people under arrest, uh, being a um, uh, a force um, uh, protection unit for other agencies, other units that 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 is that's all within the realms of the job. I do believe, though, that every cop should be able to talk to the press, answer questions honestly uh, within department guidelines, to know the rules about not naming victims of certain crimes, not naming juveniles, some basic things. But really, you got to no, go to the, see the PIO. No, I think every cop should be able to look into the camera, look at the reporter, answer a few basic questions. Everybody should be able to put the handcuffs on. Everybody should be able to write a police report. Um, people shouldn't be turned away for basic functions of the job, regardless of what your duties are. Well, I agree with you. I mean, it, SWAT cops should be able to do the basic functions of the job because they're they're basically they're the cops who the cops call right yeah, yeah. right um, but I think one of the things just getting to to SWAT real quick is it's called a SWAT team one of the most important elements uh, we talked about Urban Shield mm-hmm. a couple of podcasts ago right. and it, the, one of the most important aspects of SWAT training is not just being able to put rounds onto steel target at 50 or 100 yards. It's not just being able to sling an M4 and look cool. It's you have to be able to work and move as an organism. A lot of law enforcement is a solo sport. It's you're, it's like tennis. You're just by yourself. You're against the you know the the subject, right? It's you and the and the, and the one subject against you. Yeah. Um, SWAT teams are a different organism. Mm-hmm. They work as and when you see them work well together, it's awe inspiring. Yeah. But that goes to again your minimum of sixteen hours of much training. It they they live together sometimes. They work. It's almost like firefighters. When you see a fire truck roll up on to a scene. You know what every guy's gonna do right. by where they're sitting on the truck. Sure, right. You know exactly what they're gonna do when they get off the truck. SWAT teams are very similar. Yeah, 
Everybody knows they're rolling a stack. Everybody's got their weapon, the yep. nomenclature down of what they do. I totally agree. EOD. Same deal. Same deal. I mean, even more, right? Yep. Not only do they go away for specialized training, but now they've got to be familiar, familiar with their surroundings. They've got to have some situational awareness of what's out there now, what's, what's developing, um, what's been happening in their region, um, new things to look out for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, those guys are specialists for a reason. You don't want your you know, average Joe cop to come in and say, hey, let's see, what was it? Blue wire, red, green? <laughs> yeah, you don't want that. You don't want that. Uh, are you a specialist? Or are you a generalist? What do you identify yourself as? Go and check out that article. I'll put a link to it in the notes for this podcast. It's hilarious. Again, I didn't write it. I just sort of hijacked it from Facebook. Um, they're the SWAT nod. Everyone knows the SWAT nod. Send us your email, uh, your, your thoughts via email here at policingmatters at policeone.com. That's policingmatters at policeone.com. Thanks again for listening.